Welcome to Walkinverse. We're going to expose tyranny and share the truth. Hey everybody, it's me. So sit back, it's March 18th, and enjoy the ride. And this podcast. I want to cover influenza and some of the coronavirus stuff going on. But I first want to state that this is not about downplaying it because there are some things going on around the world and it's not good. People are losing their lives um, and it's really sad. But I also believe firmly that the media is also adding a ton of fear mongering, which is unnecessary. And there's some um, politics at play here, which again is also wrong. We need to remember that in 2009, we also had a pandemic breakout. It was called the H1N1 swine flu. And at the time, nobody knew about it. It it was unheard of globally. And the main message from top officials was, keep calm, don't panic, we have it under control, we're taking precautionary measures, and so forth. And yet today in the media, it is unprecedented fear-mongering. I heard a politician, and it was a lady, I, I don't recall the state, but she was saying about a week ago, there was like 100,000 cases in the United States or something like that. At the time, there was even 100,000 cases worldwide. I think right now it's around 190 or so, 90,000. And there's like a few, um, what, 9,000 active cases in the United States. And then afterwards, when she was called out, she goes, well, you know, I, I apologize. I was just guessing. That's unacceptable. And, and, and that's actually disgusting. There was a kid recently who also called in and said he had coronavirus playing a prank, he got arrested. And yet this politician, Democrat, did the exact same thing by inflating numbers where she said that, you know, she was just guessing nothing happens to her. What about, what, talk about a double standard. Anyway, I want you to listen to this little clip here from 2009 so you can hear what actually was going down during that time with H1N1. And even you can hear in the public message, it was calm. You know, they, they talk about there's, you know, issues going on, but it was calm. And let's uh, cut to this clip here. On April 23, 2009, the CDC announced that this strain of influenza had not been seen before in the U.S. or anywhere in the world. It was a new strain of flu. And you see, when they talked about this, there wasn't really panic or mass alarm. There was definitely an issue, a pandemic, a crisis, a new strain, a new flu never seen before. And, and it was for alarm. But the media did not play up on it. Now, to date, as of February 29th, actually, for this current flu season, so far 20,000 Americans have died from the seasonal flu. And they say there's a worldwide death toll of around 102,000 people dead from the seasonal flu this year alone. And there's no school closures, even with the vaccines, right? We'll get to that later. There's no school school closures, no shutting down businesses, no self-quarantining. And a lot were dead. Now, I do know that the coronavirus and the flu are not one and the same. I get that. What I'm saying is that there's something else awry, and I'm not too sure what it is, but it doesn't make sense. Now, here's a few quick facts as well. Every year, they claim there's between 290,000 and 650,000 people who die from complications of the seasonal influenza virus. That's a fact. Also, they claim that every day, there's, there's between 795 and 1,700 deaths each day to the seasonal flu. And in addition to that, they're also seeing a worldwide increase. Now, 
up to 650,000 people die of respiratory disease linked to the seasonal flu as well. And that's stated by the World Health Organization. And in 2009, we actually did have a pandemic. In the month of November, H1N1 influenza was widespread in 48 states. People under the age of 24 accounted for one half of flu-related hospitalizations. Current estimates are that 15% of the U.S. population has been infected with the 2009 H1N1 virus, resulting in some 265,000 hospitalizations and 12,000 deaths. So as you can see with the H1N1, the trend is different. Now, this might change in the future. I'm not saying it will or won't, but for the H1N1, and they waited months, we had over 12,000 dead. And in addition to that, the CDC claimed that, uh, this was from an article from December 13th, 2017, that uh, more people die of influenza worldwide than some experts have estimated. The CDC said between 291,000 and 646,000 people die from seasonal flu-linked respiratory illnesses every year. And then in another article I came across dated February 17th, 2019, it talked about how up to 19,000 people have died, vaccine only protecting half who get it. And again, that was about the 2019 flu season. And it claims here that the CDC figures show that this season's flu, 2019, a vaccine is 47% effective. And the predominant strain of the flu that they were seeing was that of the H1N1, right? The swine flu from 2009. So you can still see that even though after the pandemic is over, it's still around. So it doesn't, you don't really get rid of it. You have to build an immunity to it. But they also said that this year was less severe than the last year's main strain. And then they said again, which is weird, that even with 19,000 people dead, they found that number of deaths were just a little bit surprising. In other words, not so much of a big deal. But today in the United States, with coronavirus that has been around since November, December, November, December, January, February, March, five months, we've had about, well, the time when I wrote the number down was 116 a couple of days ago, and now it's around, I think, around 150 or so. It's pure panic and pandemic. So think about that, right? 19,000 dead, not a big deal. 150 dead, worldwide panic. And that's 150 dead in the United States. Now, in 2018, more than 80,000 people died of the flu and the complications of it within the United States. And that was the highest death toll we've ever seen in four decades. And again, you didn't hear the media really play on that or talk about anything. Nothing, it, was, it was silence. I, I didn't even know about it until I started researching that really that had that many deaths, I had no idea. And then when you look at the 2017 to 2018 season as well, you had 185 pediatric deaths. That's children uh, who died. Again, we have heard nothing. Now, hospitalizations were between, they said for, for that year was 184 to 221,000 people for that season, which is a 2019 season. And, uh, and they expect in the US alone, between 12,000 to 56,000 people to die, all right? And then uh, from the CDC, uh, Brendan Flannery, he said that the number of deaths we're seeing are a little bit surprising. It's a reminder that the flu can be severe. Think about how the media is portraying what's going on right now. And, and when you think about what they're saying, look at the words they use. It can happen, you know, which means it's, it's not definitive. It's something that might. So it's again to use to strike fear in you. All right. For the vaccine and how effective it is, they said that this year's vaccine was formulated for the H1N1. 
and has only been 47% effective in 2019, 36% effective in 2018, and then between 2017 and 2018 overall, it only had a 40% effective rate. And that's because viruses always change. They mutate. All right? Now, there's another article. was uh, I see more of a report is for 2019 to 2020 flu season, and it talks about the preliminary uh, burden estimates. Remember now, in 2019, they claimed that the flu killed 19,000 people, and they were surprised by that high number. The CDC estimated that from um, October 1st through October, sorry, March 7th, 2020, there will be, this is their estimates for seasonal flu, between 36 million and 51 million Americans with the flu. 17 million to 24 million of them will visit medical centers. 360,000 to 670,000 will be hospitalized. And there will be between 22,000 and 55,000 flu deaths. And yet with the coronavirus right now, we have 9,300 total cases and 152 deaths. What that means is the flu is 14,000% more fatal than the coronavirus currently. 14,374% more fatal. And I use the 22,000 estimated death. I'm going the lowest side, not the average. So remember, they say between 22 and 55 will be dead. Then they talk about the infection rate. So to date, the flu is 386,000% more infectious than the flu. So again, I use 36 million who are infected with the flu versus the coronavirus of 9,300. So I'm using the minimums of their estimate. I'm using the total numbers for the coronavirus. So again, that's 14,000% more fatal is the normal flu than coronavirus so far in the United States. And 386,000% more contagious is a seasonal flu than the coronavirus to date within the United States. Now, another disservice that I'm seeing the media do, which is kind of disgusting, is they keep blowing up this mortality rate. And, you know, that's not a number you want to play with because it is scary. You know, when, when people think about the Spanish flu, you know, or these other plagues like Ebola that broke out, that's something you look at. And what they're doing is they're dividing the number of cases by death. You can't do that. You cannot divide cases by death. You have to actually divide the actual number of total people infected by the total number of deaths. And then that will give you the mortality rate. And what this is showing us is that the numbers they're giving us are higher than what they most likely are. And even experts are saying the exact same thing, that the numbers are actually lower. Another few facts I want to share here with you is I also did did some research also looking at the weekly U.S. influenza surveillance report. And again, uh, from the public health lab, they said nationally influenza, H1N1, influenza A, which is a PDM09, they're the most common viruses that are reported this season alone. Okay. And the overall uh, rates are with children between zero and four years old and adults between 18 and 49, which is different because with this coronavirus, it's mostly attacking older individuals with pre-existing conditions. It's interesting. So, so we see that it's, there's a definitely a difference there. Um, but getting back to this is that with the H1N1, they're saying that the current flu today is actually surpassing the reported rates that we saw in the 2009 pandemic, even though we have a flat vaccine. So we are now up to um, 76 children having died from the 2009 H1N1 virus. To put that in context, the past three years, the total pediatric influenza deaths ranged from 46 
to 88. So you can see during the uh, 2009 pandemic, put this in perspective, in 2016 to 2017, we had 110 children who died from the flu. And in the pandemic, we had, she said, what was around 76. In 2017 to 2018 season, 188, which was high. But again, in 2018, they said they had 80,000 deaths from the flu as well, the highest in four decades. In 2018 to 2019, 144. And then from 2019 to 2020, 144. It's about the same. But again, they're not fear-mongering the deaths of the children during a seasonal flu. But for some reason, in, with this outbreak of coronavirus, they're really the media is really playing it up. I want you just to kind of keep things in perspective as you listen and don't panic. When you look at the seasonal flu in Washington state, this is the state that has the most deaths so far with this COVID-19. And for the, so just think about it, right? From the seasonal flu to date, we have 80 people who died from the flu. With the coronavirus, we have around, um, What's the number? I I think it's around 68. Okay. In 2018 to 2019, we had 245 people that died in the United States. Sorry, in in Washington state. In 2017 to 2018, 296. 2016 to 2017, 278. The coronavirus total active cases are around 9,100 with a total death count of 153 with 108 recovered. In Washington state, we have 68 dead. And unfortunately, they're elderly with pre-existing conditions. And out of the 153 in the United States, 68 are from Washington. That means that 56% of all of these deaths are from Washington alone. So when you see the media again using these terms like death toll on the rise, death toll on the rise, and you look at the numbers in different states, it's like one person One person is not a death toll. One person, somebody died. 100 people is a death toll. You know, thousands of people is a death toll. They they are just using words, again, to strike panic and fear. And it's just so wrong. Now, on the coronavirus too, you know, we, we, we look at Italy and my heart goes out to them. But what the media is not explaining, and again, I'm not, again, not downplaying because people died, you know, people lost their parents, their grandparents, and it just sucks all the way around. It just, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. But the average age of those who died were 81, and they also have the oldest population. And when you look at the coronavirus versus the flu pandemic, you're seeing that there's a difference. The numbers are much higher with the H1N1 pandemic, and it was unknown, like the coronavirus, globally. Nobody ever seen it before. And even with that being said, in 2019, right, 19,000 people died, and they said it was alarming for that mortality rate in the, for the U.S. alone. So when you have 12,000% more people dying from the seasonal flu in 2019, and they call it alarming, but with 153 people dying in the United States, they're saying it's a, it's a complete panic in order to lock down everyone and to drive people into complete hysteria. Now, when you think about pandemics, you want to think about Spanish flu. That was horrible. 50 million people dead. That's the size of some countries. Coronavirus, 8,000. Spanish flu, 50 million. Spanish flu in the United States, 500,000 dead. Half a million people died. Coronavirus, 150. Estimated deaths from the H1N1 outbreak, 
151,000 to 575,000 people worldwide. Coronavirus, around eight. It might be a little bit higher now. So in the United States alone, as a clip earlier showed, that we had 12,469 people who passed coronavirus 153. And and this is where my anger is stemming from, is just the over-hyping of it. Because they're just, they're not helping. I mean, people are scared to death right now. I mean, and the media is really not helping. And when you see the whole world going along in the same pattern, it doesn't help anybody. The best thing the best thing you can do is keep calm. Like during the depression, they weren't killing each other for a loaf of bread. They were standing together in lines, talking among themselves, not beating each other up, stabbing each other, stealing from one another. My brother, for example, the other day told me that there was somebody who had a roll of toilet paper in their vehicle and they broke the window to steal it. I mean, I mean, really? Is that what we have become as a society? <laughs> I don't even want to think about if the economy collapses, which I'll talk about in another podcast, what that will look like. Because if we can't handle this, how are we going to handle an economic collapse? And let me tell you something. We're, we're going that direction. And it's, and it's not pretty, is what we're seeing. Now, again, getting back to this, sorry for kind of like uh, digressing a bit. But the, the swine flu alone, there were 60.8 million people infected. I think that's around 15% of the population, they say, but around 60 million. And with coronavirus, it's around 10, 9, 10,000. Swine flu, you had 274,000 people hospitalized. And globally, 80% of the virus-related deaths were in people under 65. Whereas a seasonal flu, it was 70 to 90% of the people were older than 65. And, and the key takeaway is that during the outbreak of the H1N1, the media, the uh, administration was all about being calm and not panicking. But today, with our current media, it's all about panic and chaos. I even seen an article, which I, <laughs> it said, terrible advice to tell people not to panic. Now, now, who would say something like that? The actual proper advice is to tell people not to panic. And again, at the time, the world did not see H1N1. It was a brand new strain, right? Schools were not being shut down across the country. Bars weren't being closed. Restaurants weren't being closed. And people were not having lockdown orders. And we were told, don't be alarmed, just prepare. But today, with 150 dead, again, and, you know, 8,000, 9,000, you know, within the United States, with active cases, we're told to basically panic, 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 financial collapse, everything's uh, going to hell in a handbucket. So that's just something I want you to continue to keep in mind when you keep hearing the media pushing this. Now, there was something also interesting about this whole thing. I, I saw an article called, How Does the New Coronavirus Compare with the Flu? And it was written by a person named uh, Rachel Retner on March 8th, 2020. I'm just going to quote it. It's important to note that seasonal flu, which causes outbreaks every year, should not be confused with pandemic flu or a global outbreak of a new flu virus that is very different from the strains that typically circulate. This happened in 2009 with the swine flu pandemic, which estimated to have killed between 151,000 and 575,000 people worldwide, according to the CDC. There is no flu pandemic happening now. Well, not that level. Now, I don't know if she's an expert or not, but and I, I don't know what you would consider a pandemic, but if you look at the numbers, she's right. 
Now, again, remember, every day you hear the media saying that death tolls are rising. No, death tolls are not rising. I'm not seeing, you know, thousands of people a day drop dead. <laughs> During the Spanish flu, 32,000 people per day died. That is death tolls ri rising, and that was in the United States alone. And then she goes on and talks about how, though the death rate for COVID-19 is unclear, which is true, most research suggests it is higher than that of the seasonal flu, which is probably also true. But again, the word suggests, you guys have to go back to the dictionary. The word suggests means to put forth for consideration. So basically it's double talk. You say one thing while saying something else in order to cause confusion and hype up fear, fear mongering. Then I saw another article by an MIT biologist, which was dated March 12, 2020. And what he said was uh, back in October 2009, the H1N1 killed 1,000 people in the United States. That was when it first kicked off, including almost 100 children before President Obama later declared a national emergency for the virus. And at the time, the media hysteria was not as high as it is today. And that was from a guy named Dr. Shiva. And he's not alone in his opinion either. So then that takes me to another article, which was posted on March 12th. 2020. Coronavirus panic. What the media is not telling you, even if COVID-19 mortality rate is 3.4. And this is important. And I'm going to quote it. On the CDC's website, uh, no, sorry, the World Health Organization website states this about coronavirus. Coronaviruses, COVs, are a large family of viruses that cause illness ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS, COV, and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, SARS. A novel coronavirus, NCOV, is a new strain that has not been previously identified in humans. So what do they say? What they're saying is that even the common cold is classified as coronavirus. It's kind of important. And also COVID-19, that's shorthand for saying that this is the first time they discovered this one in 2019. Now, here are some more facts about coronavirus. Again, it's from this article as well. Human coronaviruses, which are named for its crown-like spikes on their surface, were first identified in the 60s, according to the CDC. Okay, and there's actually seven of them that can infect people. One, I'm just going to read them off. One is 229E, alpha coronavirus, NL63 alpha coronavirus, OC43, HKU1, those are both beta, and then the three other ones are the MERS and two SARS, SARS-CoV and SARS-CoV-2, which is the 2019 variation of it. And then um, for the, again, I'm going back to to show you numbers, right? Between the flu of people dying or being infected versus what we're seeing today with this new outbreak from China. For the 2019 and 2020 flu season, the CDC had already predicted 34 million to 49 million people will be infected with the flu. They'll be sick with the flu. And then there will be 16 million to 23 million medical visits and 350,000 to 620,000 hospitalizations with, up again, again, up to 52,000 dead. Low numbers, 22,000. And then they go on to say um, how that uh, during the 2018 and 2019 flu season, 900,000 people, almost a million, shy of a million, were hospitalized and more than 80,000 people died. That was a 2018, which was, a, which was the highest in four decades. I think that's what it said. Again, and the mortality rate was just shy of 9% for critical cases of the flu requiring hospitalization 
and the vast majority of those deaths are among the elderly. Again, where was the outcry, the panic, and everything else? That's a lot of people dying. And, and, it's, and they have vaccines for that. So even with vaccines, it didn't really help. I mean, it helped half, right? So would the number have been twice as much? Maybe. Another point to think about is that I, I read a report. Um, it's the epidemiological and clinical characteristics of 99 cases of the 2019 novel coronavirus ammonia in Wuhan, China. It was basically a study they did. It was uh, dated February 15, 2020. And what was kind of odd to me was that the patients died of severe ammonia, septic shock, and respiratory failure. And then they said the conclusion and what they found was that was that the COV um, COVID nineteen was uh, it most likely infected older people or older men actually that had two or more underlying diseases such as like you know fatal respiratory disease such as ARDS, which is acute respiratory zester syndrome and. There's just one more thing I want to kind of talk about, about the, since we're on the, the topic of vaccines and everything else and flus and whatnot. Let me first play this clip. Between 72 and 81 million Americans were immunized for H1N1 flu by mid-February, including one-third of all children. What I found interesting is the number of people vaccinated and one-third of all the children vaccinated. And we also have another person here talking how they put things in it that you don't really even know because every year it changes. And I'm going to get to my point here in a minute. Just listen to this. If this H1N1 pandemic influenza virus had appeared in November or the beginning of December, we would have incorporated it into one of the components of the seasonal flu. And no one would be asking the question, is this a brand new vaccine for a brand new virus? Because the viruses change each year and we change the vaccines each year. And you can see that here he's saying that they can do pretty much whatever they want and inject you with it. Because every year the vaccines change because the virus changes. Like I said earlier, they mutate. And where I'm going at with this is autism. There was an article from 2012, and I was kind of saying, want to see if there was a correlation between 2009 with all the flu vaccination of, you know, one third of the children and, you know, uh, in time of 2012, 2016 and so forth. And what I found was kind of interesting, again, I cannot correlate because I haven't researched it yet, but I thought it was interesting. So I want to share it. And it says that autism hits one in 88 U.S. children and it's one in 54 boys. I thought that was kind of interesting, right? And then that is according to the CDC as well. Then from an autism facts and statistics sheet from April 17, 2019, it said that in 2008, this was before the H1N1 vaccine, there was one in 88. Then in 2010, one out of 68. In 2014, one out of 59. And then in 2016, one out of 40. So as you can see, as more and more people are vaccinated, autism grows, which I thought was just really interesting. And with that being said, I'm going to end this with a poem, and it's titled Party Lines. We do not want party lines. We want individuals to stand on our country's side, not red or blue, but all mixed with truth, to stand against tyranny that runs through both the red and the blue. May we stand and not fall from the enemy's 
within our walls, hell-bent on destroying all. Party Lines. If you enjoyed the episodes, please consider membership for $5 a month. You'll gain access to all past, present, and future e-reports and books, as well as any member-only content. The link is in the description of the episode. If you have any questions, topics, or comments, please send me an email at walkinverse at protonmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-V-E-R-S-E at P-R-O-T-O-N-N-A-I-L dot com. And until next time, keep the faith, stay safe, and peace.